Hello, beautiful people. Hello, welcome back to the show. Welcome, lovely people. I hope you missed us as much we as we have missed you. Comrades. Yes. How are you doing, Christina and Yamin? Um, um, I'm doing okay. I'm, I'm happy to see you guys. Have you started I'm, resisting? She's always uh, resisting. Khaita is always on the, on the I, mission. I, I, I'm a resistor. <laughs> Resisting resistance. I, I, I'm a persistent resistant. <laughs> I was very resilient. No, uh, no, I'm, I'm like I think that this whole exercise of uh, confinement is an exercise in resilience. Uh, of how much obviously, obviously, it depends on your situation. Um, like I consider yeah. myself lucky being in London, but I'm sure it's very difficult for many people um, everywhere. Specifically, my heart goes to uh, friends in Lebanon. Um, it's really Lebanon, sad. Yeah, yeah, it's really sad. Uh, but yeah, it's it's uh, the economic situation is is bleak yeah. at the moment, and there's no like and like a vision of the end of the tunnel. I don't know how these things will will pan out. Will move on. Yeah, it's really bad economically, but like at the same time, it's revolutionary time and. People are going to the street to reclaim what's theirs and to push these corrupt oligarchs out of their places, hopefully. So yes. But are people able to go out on the streets and protest? Yeah, yeah they are. They are yeah. going out. Well, they were in Tunisia as well because of like the mismanagement of support funds that they were going to give to people and small business owners. And then it was mismanaged and, and landed in the wrong hands. So people were demonstrating, but then there was also a lot of criticism towards the people who were going out to demonstrate because they weren't keeping distance and they weren't wearing masks. So I find this question also challenging. It's like, how do we continue forms of resistance in times where we're expected to stay? I, I, I saw the most beautiful picture, photo of uh, uh, May Day demonstrations in Athens. Yeah. And Communist party there, and the, or like lots of leftist organizations organized the demonstrations outside of the Helsinki House where the parliament is. Yeah, and they have were all like in safe distancing with their masks and everything, and they were like there for three hours nonstop demonstrating. It was yeah. full the whole area. The the photos looked amazing actually. Wow. Yeah, like a parade in a way, you know, because of the, the social distancing order, like they were like moving like a unit. Yeah. Other than the demonstrations and the political upheavals, um, I guess that there's all sorts of other upheavals that uh, are internal and are social and um, differ in many ways as we picked up um, on our former episode. And therefore we, we carried on to tap into regions that we have not visited, right? Uh, okay, I'll start with with what with Liptana for Nasr Ghiwan. Allah Allah Nasr Ghiwan. Nam. So so Nasr Ghiwan for for people who don't know a lot about Nasr Ghiwan, they are just brilliant band from Morocco uh, that was started when maybe sixties or seventies. It's in uh, the late yeah late sixties early seventies I think. And they've been on our show before, no? Yeah, yes. Yeah. We have featured them before. They, they, they are the Moroccan version of the Beatles, sort of. And they have emerged from a theatrical background. 
Yeah, they were they were from an avant-garde uh, theater and so on. But uh, yeah, I don't like those metaphors, the Beatles of the Arabs and the blues of Africa and blah, blah, blah. They're, They're like the African of Morocco. Yeah, exactly. They are. They are. <laughs> just so to true. those who need... Uh, They're so true. Like, they're really genuine people with their music, with their, like, when in their interviews and the lyrics, the, the, the way they used different genres, local genres from Sufi all the way to Gnawa to uh, folk and, and also incorporating banjo and lots of uh, Western folk into their music. And it's always like conscious and resistance. And and um, yeah, they covered lots of pan-Arabist topics about resistance and from Palestine to uh, Lebanon and so on. They're really, really special. I really enjoy listening to them. And, and this, which song? The yeah. Tunnel. So it just talks about inequality and um, the gap basically between the rich and poor and the struggle uh, and solidarity and in very poetic, nice way. And do you know what Ptana means? Because like Ptana in Arabic. Ptana, what do you call right? it? Right, and I wonder, I, I thought Ptana is the inside part of the jacket that you put in it. Yeah, but it's also Lahram, it's the... Lahram. Yeah. Okay, oh, like a blanket. Yeah. Okay. Ah, the, like the footer, um, what do you call it? The lining. The lining, exactly. The way I understand it is uh, lining. Anyway, okay, here you go. Okay, here you go. وهالمنكر الخزل صخر من هم البحر شكاق والرياح العاصفة هجرت البرق والرعد ما بين صخرة جامدة وعوافي زاندة صهد الريح هامدة هذا مهمازو ينغز وهذا ما يرد عليه لا دوي داوي لا دوي داوي سبت عشرة وعشرة عرفتهاش حال تساوي قرن العشرين هذا وعايشين عيش الدبانة في البطانة راه الفرق عديم راه الفرق عديم ما بين تفاح والرمانة واش من فرق واش من فرق بينتا وانتا وانتا وانا
Actually, but okay. some I, I watched the video of like a kind of what do you call it a come together of them. Uh, okay, like a reunion, like or a, a revival, a, a, re, a, re, a recent reunion, like in the past ten years or eight years. Okay, cool. Some of, the, some of the band members are still alive. That's what I know. I think they kind of like in the they had some trouble. They they had to leave Morocco and then they went back to Morocco. But under Muhammad Sadis, the current dude, the the old dudes, the that. Mm. Uh, they had to leave the country and then they came back and and so, they were producing for some time. Okay. They were in no. conflict with the kingdom. Yeah, they were. Yeah, they they because they were so um, their music widespread uh, yeah. throughout the society and different classes and so on. And they were very critical of the regime. So at some mm. point, they were, uh, and so on. But they fused like very nicely Gnawa with with folk with rockish. It's quite good, and yeah. they influenced lots and lots of people like Jil Jalala and Al Hamish. All those guys, like, kind of spun out from their school of thought. Mm. So I'll pass it on to. Nice one, Yemen. Thank you. 
to you, Emily. Okay. Hey, I'll start with um, the song that I wanted to play last time by Nasir Shamma, Al Amriya, uh, happening in Al Amriya, a composition that um, Nasir made in reaction to the US bombing raid during the, the Gulf War, I think, in 91. And um, what happened was that like a US, US missiles hit uh, this civilian shelter under the pretense that it was a military uh, command center. Uh, 400 civilians died. And um, what, what is really, really crazy about this composition is that Nasir is sonically reproducing like the sounds of these missiles and with the oud, which is, it's, it sounds really, really... Uh, well, I'm looking forward to hear it actually now. Have you heard it before? No, no, I haven't. And I mean, it's a, it's a long composition. You don't really anticipate it from the, from the get-go, but it gets to become very, very... Uh, very obvious and almost like you can't you can't not make the association i don't know where nasir is living now i, I thought it may be in egypt i think he's also even founded like an old school yeah he did but, and he uh, yeah. a partnership with one of his students to kind of start manufacturing like very instruments uh, uh, yeah instrument, mm. but like in a cost effective and durable material and mm. some and now I'm thinking uh, about what we played last time, Fatima Al Qadiri, with this uh, the yeah. album. What's it called? Brute about the um, protest. But this is just like you're taking an instrument like the oud and trying to recreate the sound of missiles. It's really yeah, that's really intense. Wait, yeah, and what can I say? I mean, I don't know how many years of American bombing uh, of the beautiful Iraq. messing up of Iraq. Yeah, sixty years and counting almost 100 years and endless resistance from the iraqi people and artists who are yeah oh, sharing oh, solidarity oh. and empathy in exile or in diaspora also up like the most recent demonstrations that were so beautiful like in iraq people like standing mm -hmm. together from different uh, uh, ethnic or or uh, minority backgrounds and religious backgrounds instead yeah. like they like they made some really nice demonstrations and like solidarity movements yeah so yeah. i'll play your song please play it play it
aggressive to listen to. It is. It should mm -hmm. come with a warning. <laughs> mm -hmm. And it's so, it's, it's just powerful. Yeah. The whole rendition of how the music resembles the sounds of reality and to make an instrument of music yeah. recreate the sounds of war, I think that's quite a powerful um, act of creation. Yeah. Uh, I just posted in our chat um, the English translation of what he says in the beginning, just because it's it's under the video. And there's a part of it from the from the end of what he says, which I find is so, so strong. Uh, and he's speaking about being an Iraqi and having witnessed this raid. And at the end, he says, this is Iraq. This is the depth of Iraq. So he's talking about the song now. The present is not on our side. We must go out from this place to the future. We shall work for generations that will come after us. We are proud that civilizations gave us all of these achievements, which only art, which only are archived. Americans wanted to destroy that land that I stood on when I told the Iraqis from here we shall begin. It is like they came to Iraq to tell me personally now where you will stand, but I stand with musical instruments. It's not a good translation, but at the end he says, but I stand with a musical instrument that is 3,500 years old. And I don't want to say meaningless words, but with this instrument, I will expose America and Britain to the world. Nice. Nice. Yeah. No, that's a good find. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, oh. definitely. It makes me feel very anxious. Yeah, yeah to to totally. I mean, the sounds are quite real, to be honest. And, mm -hmm. and the fact that it's Saud that is making those sounds is yeah. just... And it's just the Oud, huh? Just... Yeah. 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 Right, I shall move on. Yeah. Although I, I I enjoyed it, but it's that painful yeah, it's joy. So, so joy, like, yeah. The which I would like to present is the one that I also wanted to present last week. However, uh, <laughs> we didn't have enough time. Um, it's a song that I got a tip for from a friend and it, the the whole band is called and they're not very famous at all however I, I actually enjoyed trying to find out more about them they're called Aulad al-Manajim and Aulad al-Manajim means the sons of the of the mines and apparently all of those musicians were miners and they come from a Tunisian town called Imm al-Arayas that is famous for the mines that are in it mm. and they they started their musical activity around like in the second half of the 70s and in their songs they spoke about the suffering and the challenges that workers and laborers specifically have and since first of may was labor day i thought that okay. it would be nice okay. yeah to salute fellow workers of the earth um, and tell them that despite these harsh circumstances that everyone is in, we're all one and equal. So, um, and especially big shout out to all of the workers who have been doing such incredible services to the people in the last months in the wake of this crazy crisis. And we really yes. should, yeah, take this as a wake-up call to reevaluate our our uh, our high, hierarchies. Yeah, decolonize, yeah. de decolonize de <laughs> the whole institutional system. Uh, we're dependent on on them, and 
Yeah. Should be, should be a huge reshift. No, totally. I think it has this crisis has shown that the the shop owner is essential. You know that how important, at least in the UK, the NHS and all of the healthcare staff are. Um, it has was, shown the bus drivers, public transport. Um, I was listening to a podcast the other day, and they were saying something which is a bit uh, radical in a way. That how like there's like lots of celebration of like the NHS and the, NHS, the health workers and so on, and they're claimed as heroes and so on. But there's like so little attention given to the essential workers, which is like people like staffing, like working mm-hmm. at Tesco's and shops, and exactly, yeah. and people like uh, the uh, people who come and post office drivers, yeah, drivers. How they're not as celebrated as much as uh, yeah. the NHS. But, but they say the infrastructure running. Yeah, but that yeah, they're, they're, they're but it's hard. a classist system as well, you know, because there's an assumption that all those working for the NHS are those educated nurses and doctors, and those who are in shops have not been educated. So it's still a class system. Low, low, the, the literally the economical term is low skilled labor. Yeah, yeah, yeah which is <laughs> yeah, which, yeah. Is, which is disgusting. It yeah. is. But yeah. also it shows that um, Corona is the top priority. So it's like, who is fighting this this virus directly, which are the doctors and people's minds? Those mm-hmm. are the ones being celebrated. But then it, that shows that we're just forgetting, like, really what the repercussions of this whole these whole lockdowns and these whole new reg- regulations are. And that's really the people who are, who are going to suffer in their homes and the people who are going to lose their jobs. So... That's just it, it's like like you say we're we're prioritizing those who are fighting the virus directly, but not those who are actually enabling our survival on a day to day basis, which are like the people who are delivering us our goods that we need to to get by on a daily basis. Yeah, indeed. So let's listen up to those and celebrate mm-hmm. them. The song is called Nashida Shab, the song of the people. Nous allons nous 
and the song was called Nasheed al-Shaab. Um, they have around 160 songs in their repertoire. From what I've known or what I've found, managed to find out is that they were actually 
almost persecuted and censored and they were not given the platforms that they deserved until after the revolution in January 2011. Wow, thank you. Yeah, I've, I've never heard of them. Neither have I, to be honest. Shout out to Hassan who recommended them. Mm. And you said they're from a mining area in Tunisia. Uh, yeah. My next song is, what was it? Yahayf by Samih Sh'ir. So Samih Sh'ir is a Syrian musician that kind of dedicated to this resistance type of music that was kind of spread in the Levant region, specifically in Palestine, mainly and Lebanon and Syria, about anti-colonialist, anti-Zionist and pan-Arabist committed music. And um, he have like lots of albums, but they're all, he didn't really make the commercial success. So he didn't do like uh, recordings in fancy studios or so the sound quality of lots of his albums is not the greatest, mm. uh, but there's good content in them. But this song specifically, it's the... It's definitely his 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 most uh, widespread song, which is Yahayf, which soundtracks the 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 initial days of the Syrian revolution, the first couple of months in it in Dara and what was happening and so on. Mm-hmm. And what's also very good, nice about it, that he writes the poetry in himself, and I think the music reflects the poetry in lots of ways and and and, and complements it. And it's 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 really uh, it's a in really this nice. song though, right? Because apparently yeah. he sang songs for Mahmoud Darwish and Maghout and others. Yeah, he, he did. Uh, he did. He was big on uh, for Marut. He didn't sing songs for Marut, but he the, did the theater. Uh, he did the soundtracking for yeah, some, exactly. uh, for some theater and some TV shows. And but he he mainly sang music that he wrote. He but he sang a bit for Marut Darwish and so on. But uh, and he also did like uh, music for series and and so on. Yeah, not series. And it seems. And it seems you know how you were saying that he didn't do many albums that he did a lot of performances that he mm. was a performer um, yeah mm. amongst the people yeah 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 and where is he now he's in france he left to france in uh, before the uprising just before the uprising started and he actually wrote an, a whole article about why he's deciding because the Sicilian regime was cracking like kind of uh, putting a lot of pressure on him and questioning him every now and again. Mm-hmm. So eventually he took the decision to leave the country and he felt obliged to put together a, an article to, to the people out on a, on a newspaper to justify why he's deciding this move and why he's leaving the homeland. And uh, from France, when the uprising started, he did the, this song very early on, within 2011, I think around between May or something around May it was released and the uprising started in March, even if not April. And so he had already left Syria before the uprising? He, yes, months before the uprising, just a couple of months before. And yeah, it's a beautiful tune, so I hope you enjoy it. Ya Hef, Ya Hef, Ya Hef, 
زخر صاص على الناس العزل يا حيف واطفال بعمر الورد اعتقلن كيف زخر صاص على الناس العزل يا حيف واطفال بعمر الورد اعتقلن كيف 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 وانت ابن بلادي تقتل بولادي وظهرك للعادي وعلي هاجم بالسيف يا حيف يا حيف ظهرك للعادي وعلي هاجم بالسيف يا حيف يا حيف وهذا اللي صاير يا الشباب يما الحرية عالباب يما طلعوا يهتفوا له شافوا البواريد يما قالوا اخوتنا هن ومش رح يضربونا سمعت هالشباب يما الحرية عالباب يما طلعوا يهتفوا شافوا البواريد يمه قالوا اخوتنا هني ومش رح يضربونا ضربونا يمه بالرصاص الحي متنا بيد اخوتنا اسمي امن الوطن واحنا مين احنا واسالوا التاريخ يقرا صفحتنا ومتنا بيد اخوتنا اسمي امن الوطن اسمي امن الوطن واحنا مين احنا واسالوا التاريخ يقرا صفحتنا صفحتنا السجان يمه كلمة حرية وحدي هزت له أركانه ومن هتفت لجموع يمه أصبح كالملسوع يمه يصلينا بنيرانه السجان يمه كلمة حرية وحدي هزت له أركانه من هتفت لجموع يمه أصبح كالملسوع يمه يصلينا بنيرانه وإحنا اللي قلنا اللي بيقتل شعبه خاين يكون من كاين شعبي مثل القدر من ينتخي ماين شعبي مثل القدر والأمل باين باين يكون من كاين 
ينتخه ماين الشعب مثل القدر والأمل باين باين يا حيف أخو يا حيف زخر صاص على الناس العزل يا حيف واطفال بعمر الورد اعتقلن كيف زخر صاص على الناس العزل يا حيف واطفال بعمر الورد اعتقلن كيف 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 وانت ابن بلادي تقتل بولادي وظهرك للعادي علي هاجم بالسيف يا حيف يا حيف ظهرك للعادي وعلي هاجم بالسيف يا حيف يا حيف وهيدا Yes. Uh, yeah. Yeah, wow. And the lyrics of the song are just like every time They're I. Powerful. Can you talk a little bit about the lyrics? So the lyrics, which one of the nice things about the lyrics and parts of it, he speaks in the Horani dialect, which is mm-hmm. the in Syria, and because the uprising started in Daraa, which is the Horani part of Syria. Uh, so Horan is the valley between South Syria and North Jordan, uh, which Daraa is part forms the Syrian part of the Horan basically. And he speaks with the guy and he's like, he's talking about the demonstrations of how young people went out to the streets and how the how fiercely the regime were kind of reacting to, to them and brutally. And he describes it in a very poetic way, uh, mm. but at the same time in a very nice melody combining it that describes the lyrics somehow or complements the lyrics. It's quite a beautiful piece and mm. sincere and honest. Yeah, and he says it's a shame or, or shame on you or something like that. Yeah, yeah, if, yeah, it's, yeah kind of like shame. Yeah, shame on you. No, yeah, if, no, shame on you. No, in one line, so it goes. So you have your back to the to the enemy, and you're killing your own people. That kind of description of the the Jolan situation against like the uprising in in the, in the early days. Mm. Yeah. Beautiful. Thank you. Welcome. Okay, so next song is from Farhad Mehrat from Iran called Gonjishkake Ashimashi, I hope. <laughs> Sorry for the poor pronunciation. And the, the translation of the title is Sweet Little Sparrow, Sweet Little Bird. And Farhad is a huge symbol of musical resistance in Iran. So he was mainly active before the Islamic Revolution. And then uh, a lot of his music was... Uh, was kind of very symbolic for the revolution. He has an album called Vahdat from the late 70s. And uh, one a song from that uh, album was even like broadcast in Iranian television uh, on the day after the revolution on the 11th of February in 79. And the sad thing is, is that um, with the, the new form of government, Uh, he was then banned. He wasn't able to make any music anymore. So having actually like led the musical 
revolution, he, after that, was not able to produce any music anymore. Yeah. And there's the Ministry of Islamic Guidance and Cultural Affairs or something like that. And as a musician, you have to send your music there before it's approved to be broadcast. And um, after that, all of his music was declined until I think 10 years, 15 years later, after the revolution, he was able Apparently to... Apparently in 1993. So after 15 years of silence, he was granted permission to release his first album. Ah, okay. Thank you, Christina. Yeah, but he's a he's a really, really loved figure. And he was part of this Iranian pop band uh, in the 70s or 60s in Iran called Black Cats, which mm. then formed in uh, L.A. Um, later in the 80s, 90s. And uh, he did a lot more like poppy music with them. But then his own independent music is a lot more political and could even say nihilistic. And the song um, uh, that I pronounced before. <laughs> yes, do not uh, repeat. <laughs> no, thanks to Siavash Ashqi, uh, my, uh, my beloved friend and housemate, I've been able to kind of uh, unpack the metaphor in the song. So a lot of it has to do with the word ashimashi, which is little sparrow and there's some stories that uh, can be interpreted so I, I can tell you a little bit about the stories if you want if there's time yes please yeah okay so in general the song is is a statement of resistance to state power by civil society and uh, it's warning the sparrow not to sit on the roof of his house as he will be eventually eaten by the ruler so that's the general idea because there is um, a legend so I'll tell you the legend. There's a little sparrow. He finds a coin and invests it with a woman to make bread. So the woman should make bread for this coin. But then he gets cheated by this woman. So then he steals the bread from the woman. And then he starts working with the shepherd who also cheats him. Basically, he gets cheated a lot of times and then goes to the king to complain. But then the guards are ordered to shoot him and the king eats him. But okay, sorry. If this is all in the song. No, this is the the symbolism of Ashimashi, the okay. little sparrow. Okay. Okay. But then the sparrow, after he's eaten by the king, comes back to life and escapes the belly of the king, comes out and embarrasses the king and gets what he wants. There's another version of the story of Ashimashi. No, please, <laughs> please. <laughs> <laughs> we need to get to the end of this spell, please. What's the, yeah. <laughs> what's the second? What's the other side of the coin? Version of the story is about a sparrow who keeps taking jewels from the crown of the king and gives it to poor people to help them. And every time he does this, he throws himself in a different bucket of paint to escape recognition. <laughs> Jesus Christ! What? Well, which century are these from? I don't know. Sia didn't didn't say. I'm sorry. Did did he write them up for you, or or what are they? Some, he did some research. He did some research. Okay. So song itself doesn't mention these things, but it's it's about this ashimashi, which is the little sparrow, and ashimashi has a lot of different connotations in, mm. in Persian culture. Okay. So we could just say, in general, the song reflects a bit of everything. It's a political message, but it's also a message of activism, freedom, need to change. And most of all, of cruelty, if you get eaten up by a king. And but <laughs> and you never know, you, you, might <laughs> you might get resurrected from the yeah. belly of the beast. Belly of the beast.
Belly of the Beast. Okay. Okay. Let's so, listen, Emily. Let's listen. The version that I'm playing is a piano version that I found on uh, SoundCloud. So it's not the it's not the one you'll find mostly on YouTube from his album Baghdad. I think this is from a, a live performance. But he played it. Yes, he's playing on the piano. Okay, cool. He's very well known also for his uh, English English songs. So he okay. never studied music. He was he's totally self-taught and he learned everything by ear and he was really really interested in literature and language in his school years i think he dropped out of high school and then at one point he was like in a situation where he had to perform with a group and he was super good in english and he could like act as if he was if he was a native speaker in english and he got a lot of attention through that and so you can find lots of recordings of him doing like ray charles and and other like classics from that era interesting like uh, on, on wikipedia it says that after he quit high school he met an armenian music band the four elves and they worked together just in southern I iran mm. to perform to the iranian oil company club one of the biggest organizations in iran where, which had many foreign employees and before the start of the first night's performance, the band decided that Farhad will be the singer because of the vocalist's absence. So that's how he somehow started, apparently. That's mm. his first band. From from our Iranian friends and Sia, I know that he's just a very loved figure. Mm. Uh, let's hear his song. Let's it's very Mr. Farhad. Gunjish kakel ashim mashi Lave boom emam mashi Barun miyot khis mishi Barf miyot gulle mishi Miyofti tu hozen al pashi Khis mishi gulle mishi Boshi, Kimi Koshe, Tassel Boshi, Kimi Bazel, Oshwaz Boshi, Kimi Hore, Hokem Boshi, Gondish Kakel Ashi, Mashi. Barf, miyot, 
گل بمیشی میفتی تو حوز نرقاشی خیس میشی گل بمیشی میفتی تو حوز نرقاشی آشواز باشی کی میخوره حاکم باشی گنجش ککل نشی نشی It's funny, it reminds me of a song that uh, Victor Kiswell put on his playlist that I asked him to do. And it's a Czech song called Midnight. Um, and it's basically around the 70s and the 80s during the socialist era, there was yeah. this wave of rock bands that had a certain form of rock uh, yeah. that was almost melancholic. It sounds a little bit... It, for me, it also sounds very Eastern European, Armenian. Yeah. Yeah, exactly, exactly. But it, that has to do also with the piano version. So the album version sounds very different. Cool, but, but it's, it's certainly powerful. Yeah, yeah, it's a nice totally. Cool. Uh, in that case, I shall go to Sudan. And in Sudan, I found this amazing woman uh, whose name is Aisha El-Falatiya. And I really hope that I'm pronouncing mm -hmm. her name right. And Aisha was a woman who used to love singing from a young age and her father was against her singing and he even tried to get her married off at the age of 14 so that she stops singing uh, but she managed to get divorced from the man he married her off to and then um, a gentleman from a record company in Egypt heard her sing and he recorded her and she ended up being the first uh, female Sudanese singer to perform on the Omdurman radio, which was set up, I think, in the early 40s or late 30s in Sudan. The reason I chose Aisha is because as a woman, she had to struggle against uh, society, against the patriarchal society that she was part of. Um, and she had to fight for her passion for singing and um, break all of those norms that were associated with singing. And she used to sing in a lot of cafes and coffee houses. Um, and she also used to apparently entertain troops and sing to them. Mm. And uh, the song that I chose is called El uh, Moon. And here I would like to give a big shout out to Mohanad Hashem, my friend who has helped me out a little bit with the lyrics, because I was listening to the song and I was thinking, okay, initially she sang it to some troops and I wasn't sure which troops. So I had to 
ask him about it because I couldn't find anything. So um, it was around the Second World War that this song was written. She sang them to the Sudanese soldiers of the SDF. And Al-Laymoun, she sang, she was singing it about her lover who had go to war. And now it is her turn to water the lemon trees. Um, so she sings, Allah lil-Laymoun siqiyato alayya hajja ana. So it's, it's up to me now to, um, to water the melons. And then one other thing that I, I just couldn't understand was she sings about Allah li jahil zghir wa hamamat Allah li yom lipsul kamama. And Exactly. And so she's singing about how he's wearing this face mask. And it instantly made me think of the times that we're living through. So, uh, yes, this is the song. I will. Laymona, yes. And the name of the artist again, please. Aisha al Falatiya. Okay. And I just wanted to ask because you said that she was singing in cafes. Was this frowned upon? Right. Yeah, back back then, definitely. Yeah. Like it wasn't like you're you're going into a male-dominated yeah. territory. There weren't women going into cafes. Yeah. So so if you imagine the amount of courage that it took her to to be there, to be the female voice, and she was actually criticized. And apparently, at one point when she sang on the radio broadcast in Umdurman, many people turned up and wanted to shut the radio down or like protested yeah. against the woman singing on it. Yeah. So I. I think that this is where I wanted to highlight the role of resistance mm. that is also resistance within your own society where right. you stand against the beliefs of others while you believe in yourself and in mm. what you love. Yes, and doing it purely out of the passion, not for entertaining people. Or exactly. exactly. I mean, it's obvious for her to want it so much. Yeah. And she was really famous. She became really famous. Wow, I'm excited to hear.
nice tune, Chris. Yeah, I do. Like, check out all of her songs. Like, she yeah. actually has a big repertoire, and they're lovely. And her sister used to uh, apparently play, I think, Daoud with her. So, yeah, she, her sister joined her, and they teamed up as well. The other day, I was watching, like, a video made, uh, an interview with uh, uh, the first female Qanun player in Zanzibar. And she okay. was she was talking through how people were like dissing her for starting to play the kanun and this is a man's instrument because it's the kanun is so complicated and how she doing it like after her father passed away because he was not allowing her to do it and then how she at a late age started doing it at night until she proved herself and started performing publicly and then men started wanted to copy her basically and it was nice to see like that. Uh, interview. She was also dark skinned and from Zanzibar, so it was a nice interview. Like Turkey uh, reminded me of her. So the next one will keep it in Africa. It's for a band called Tamekerst. They're, they're from the same uh, not group like the, like Tinari when from the Tuareg people uh, yeah. living between Mali, Niger, and Algeria. And the song like just like to touch on the Tuareg and their struggle in that region. First of all, brilliant music they have. Like it's like Tinari will manage to get it to the global level, but it has lots of influences between I don't know, like Nigerian Ali Fakratore to Nasir Giwan and the Gnawa, and it's it's quite like touching music and and it's originally it was played like on like an instrument similar to the one used in Gnawa. What was it called? The, uh, Gumbri. the similar to the Gumbri, like three uh, three string with like a kind of a percussion. Uh, made out of skin, animal skin, mm. but then it, 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 at the younger age in the eighties started using guitars and so on, and also uh, electric guitars, no? Yeah, electric guitars. Mainly now, currently, it's mainly electric guitars, uh, but originally the the tradition comes from like old uh, uh, old poetry because the the whole region is very famous with poetry from Mauritania mm. all the way to the Niger. Mm. They speak poetry and nomadic lifestyles mm. and so on. And the Tuareg people, like with the with the post-colonial days and 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 the creation of nation states and how borders were established and they couldn't move as much freely and droughts and then the Niger government trying to impose certain regulations on them and trying to settle them basically build settlements mm, for them yeah. and how they, they resisted that and and there was like a famous in the 90s I think Had Qazafi built like uh, supported them in, in building some camps training camps for them in the south of Libya and for them to fight the the government of Nigeria and but it failed and yeah, they I think the main people. singer from uh, Tinariwen as well was part of that like yeah, he yeah. actually yeah he, he was in Libya the main the main guy Abdullah I think exactly so this song is also talks about generally about the Tuareg life and the struggle that they face. And the band is 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 one of the most famous ones uh, out of that genre. They refer to, to the genre themselves as a Suf. Um, like people call it like Tuareg rock or desert mm-hmm. or whatever. Like within within the Tamashik, uh, which is their language, they call it Asuf. Yeah, it's like Kel Asuf, which is another band that Sufyan Ben Yusuf, uh, who's behind Ammar Eight Hundred Eight, has been yeah. collaborating with. But what's the story behind Tinari One's big success? Was there like some like, Western uh, band yeah, yeah. that went over? And- so Tinari uh, One, they were the pioneers. They actually invented the modern way of the genre. Any kind of, they were one of the earliest people who 
gave it the form that we know of currently like kind of yeah, they were formed they were formed in 1979 so that's yeah. like pretty old in yeah, comparison to all the others who were formed in the 2000s yeah the the two brothers the main guys and uh, the rest of the band members that kind of move around but uh, yeah tonight one is just like mind-blowing performance to see them say the truth they're really good and what's the name of the song that you're playing i hope i'm pronouncing it right it's nak amadzir nidonia
So, so Nak Aman Amadzar Nidunya translates to Oi Stranger to Life. Their, their, their way of living and the illusions and the struggles and so on and so forth. Okay, so this next song is from Armenia. I actually owe this one to you guys. Meganush. Yeah, shout out to Meganush. Mega. I'll never forget listening to that episode that you guys did. I was in um, in the Taxi Jemai in Tunis, crossing the lake. And I was listening to your voices, and it was really nice. Made me feel very close to you. And you, pretty early in the in the mix, had a song by Tigran Hamasyan called mm. Habun Habun. Mm-hmm. And that, like, you know, you have those songs that you hear them once, and you're like, that's one of those songs I'm going to be listening to until I die. And I really felt like that about that song. It hit me so, so, so hard. And I'd heard about him before, but never really uh, dived into his music. And I really... Um, came to love that album, Luis y Luso, Light from Light. And um, that album is an arrangement of 5th century sacred chants from Armenia. Mm-hmm. And um, it was recorded with the Yerevan State Chamber Choir yes. and released in 2015, um, same time as the 100th anniversary of the Armenian Genocide. And uh, the song is called Noor Tzarik. Yeah, just quickly on resistance and uh, Tigran and his kind of stance on this. He said that he didn't mean for it to be this commemoration album, but there was the idea that they wanted to tour the album in different sacred sites and different churches. And uh, they were trying to get him to tour in Turkey, to uh, perform in churches in Turkey. And he had until that point, never uh, never agreed to perform in Turkey just because he said he could never go and perform in a country that until today denies that they had committed genocide in 1915 and and also like he just could not perform <laughs> in, a, in an area where he knew that his ancestors had been prosecuted. But then ultimately he does agree to tour in Turkey because... These this would be like in holy sites that used to be in Armenian uh, villages, and used to be Armenian churches. I guess it's kind of like taking the music back to its homeland.
You know that today uh, an Egyptian filmmaker was killed in prison, right? After no. the days in prison. After, exactly. Today? Yes. Exactly, exactly. Oh, he's 24 years old or something. Like he's 24 years old. He had been in prison for the yeah. last 800 days. His name is Shadi Habash. And he was imprisoned for a song. No way. Exactly. And so I was thinking now, as we a tribute to Shadi, shall we just yes. play the song? Yes, yes. Yeah. So basically the, the song, he, he was actually making fun of Sisi. And it's called Balaha, uh, which is a, like a derogatory name or nickname uh, for Sisi uh, in reference to a character from a classic Egyptian movie. Balaha. Balha. Balha is like the date. The, the... Ah, Balha, okay. 
So he did it with his colleague um, and they did the whole video for it. And um, yeah, I, I saw the announcement this morning by, uh, by a friend who actually knew him personally. Last week, another very prominent figure in the Egyptian underground passed away. And uh, Mido Zuhair, who, who was a great poet and who wrote the lyrics for Lekha, for Maurice Luka and Maryam Saleh that they worked with, by playing this song by Shadi, who, like Isam sang the song for Shadi, who became apparently very, really famous after the Arab Spring. They're talking about uh, political prisoners in Egypt who were imprisoned without trials. And so this is another form of resistance in prisons against uh, injustice. And in the song he sings, O Balaha, four years have finally passed in disgrace. With all your gang boys to that darkest jail, I wish you may rot in such a place. I don't think I'll uh, talk much about it, but this is the song. Yeah, but I- 
سيبك حظك متضاع وتلم في ايدك شلتك وتنور سجن المزرعه ايه يا بلحه ايه يا بلحه So this was Yabalaha. Yabalaha. It's a nice song. Allah irhamak ya Milo. Shadi Habash. Shadi Habash. Today, uh, that is for all of those who are in prisons, uh, who are resisting by just being there, by trying to maintain positive thoughts despite all of the darkness that is around them. Rabbi Mahakam. Rest in power and yeah. Thank you. Thank you very much for listening. It was a pleasure. Uh, thank you, Christina, Emily, for Thanks, your Thanks, Yamin. Thanks, Emily. Thank Great you. Job. Thank you, Christina. Thank you to Frederica for the amazing logos and designs. Frederica. And thank you for all the essential workers and uh, health services workers and solidarity and resistance and everything. As we Alper- all. Adios, amigos. Adios. Adios. Good night. Nighty. Good night. Good night. <laughs>